Hi, this is Mimi. And this is Lee. In this episode of Beyond Dieting, we invite you to our discussion on this notion of both wanting to be at peace in your own skin while also wanting to change it. Can these two desires coexist? And by it, I mean change your body, change your looks. Um, so let's have this discussion. Uh, to kick it off, I just want to say that in the body positivity movement, we are encouraged to love our bodies as they are and to become comfortable with what we have. Maybe even celebrate our bodies in their current shape and size. And, and I'm actually all for it. I'm all for that, except I start to go into a cold sweat over the idea that I have to stay this way forever. Like, can't I still have my goals? I know. I really have been struggling with this idea for a while. You know, there's this real overwhelming desire to love my body exactly as it is. You know, like that's what we're being told in this body positivity movement, right? Like you can love your body exactly as it is. And intellectually, I know that I don't have to allow the shape of my body, the size of my body to mean anything about me as a person. And yet, dot, 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 you know, I can, I can feel it. There's still things about my body and its shape and its size that I wish were different. I mean, longer legs, right? Like I love a pair of those, you know, and I really, um, it isn't even just the size and shape of it, right? It's like, I miss that speed and ease at which my younger body could, could move. Yeah, I totally get that. You know, when you're middle aged, you start to feel th things a lot differently. You see things yeah. a lot differently. Yeah. Um, and your body, just so we can be clear on what we're talking about, um, your body includes more than shape and size. Uh, you might not be focused on your weight. Maybe you're not focused on your weight or your size, but as you age, you might start noticing with dismay that your skin tone is changing. And again, I'm all for embracing the beauty of age, all for it. Totally on board with that. I admire so many older women who are all shapes, sizes, skin types, etc. And it is a bit embarrassing to admit that I still get caught up in worrying about my neck and cleavage area because the skin there just did a 180 over the past couple of years. Yeah. Or maybe I just noticed it, I don't know. But it's easy to wax poetic about loving your wrinkles and gray hair, but it's another thing entirely when it's your own mirror image staring back at you and under bright lights, no less. I know, I think that's a... <laughs> You know, it's like the idea is, well, what if I just dim my lights? What if I just don't look? What if I never peer in a mirror, right? Like we can find all of these ways not to look at ourselves. Um, and I think one of the big uh, areas that we can focus on and talk about is really this idea of acceptance. You know, like how can I accept my body? It's so easy to say, um, oh yeah, I, I can look in the mirror and I can accept these wrinkles. I can except that, you know, my skin might be a little saggier than it used to be, but it really is hard to do. And that like, it is like intellectually, I totally get it. And I'm all for this acceptance thing. And, and I've actually achieved some degree of acceptance, you know, like I'm still working on this. I think most women throughout their lives are working up accepting themselves, however they are. And so it's constant work or even, you know, if they don't accept themselves, the downside is you never accept yourself and you're always at war with yourself and the way you are, the way you look, the way, you, you know, whatever it is about you that 
eats at you and gets under your skin. But this acceptance thing, you know, I would say that it's on a continuum in terms of how I accept myself. Like some days I'm in, like, I really embrace the wrinkles, the saggy skin, the body. Yeah, I embrace it. And then I'll still have those times when something else creeps in and it's just hard to think that, oh, I'll never look like a 30 year old again, or I'll never look like, or even a 55 year old again. Yeah, I think it's like that old 80-20 rule. Like 80% of the time I really can can sit in this acceptance mode and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like it's the work, right? That we keep doing as we um as we age. And I think one of the ways to to boost acceptance and to make acceptance easier is to really step into a place of appreciation and gratitude. I mean, gratitude can solves so many problems, right? But I think one of gratitude's best um, best tasks or best outcomes of gratitude, it really is appreciation. So like if you can start to look at your body and appreciate it for all of the beautiful things that it's done, you know, for what it's doing right now and what it could do for you in the future. Like if, if you can look at that with, you know, gratitude and appreciation, it helps that acceptance thing a little bit more. Yeah, I... I just wrote a blog post this morning that dealt with this, that um, just, just talking about how, you know, one's body is, it's the reason you're alive. (laughs) You know, you can't be alive without a body and our bodies have fought off infections. Like sometimes we do get a flu or, you know, some kind of bacterial thing, but most of the time, most of us spend relatively healthy. Like I know that's going to be different for each person, but think of all that your body does correctly and all that it manages, all the, all that it deals with every day. I mean, my body's really strong and, you know, overall in my life, I've had excellent health and I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. And I think another thing that helps too is really having realistic expectations you know, like just how you were talking about, like your body is doing what your body's supposed to be doing. You know, it's supposed to be aging. Like this is a natural process. And there are things that you can do so that you age and um, help your body stay healthier, more mobile, more flexible, um, whatever it is that you want your body to be doing. There's things you can do to aid it so that it lasts. But I think to be realistic, about, about where you are, you know, if you've yeah. never been somebody to run five miles and you get frustrated because you start a running regimen and you can't go a half a mile, like, and then, and then it's like, we turn that internalize that. Right. And we make it mean something. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've been sort of off and on practicing yoga. Definitely. There's had an off on quality to my practice, but since I was 20, or maybe even 19, I've been practicing yoga. And I, I have had some physical challenges every year. I had a knee that was, uh, I had a kneecap that would go out of place. And so like some physical activities were really hard for me. So sometimes I felt like I was at war with my knee or my knee was going to betray me, et cetera. So in yoga and other physical activities, I was always really scared that I would do something that would hurt my knee. And then I had surgery that corrected it and I'm much, much stronger. Um, And so I started trying to practice yoga more. And I'm glad I had the mindset I did when I got into it because I just decided 
I don't need to look like my neighbor. I don't need to look like the teacher. I'm just going to get in a place in the room where I'm comfortable and I can do it my way so that I can gently and, you know, kind of ease myself into this over time. I don't want an injury. My knees, my mobility, my knees are so important to me. And it's interesting because at the age of 59, I'm the best at yoga I've ever been because I went ahead and participated in an off and on way. I allowed myself to suck if you're like grading it by correct posture and doing everything the teacher says. Yeah, I allowed myself to suck at it for a long time. And now it's like I've turned this kind of corner and I'm like, oh, I can actually do this thing I never actually thought I could do. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And um, I bet really getting clear on why you wanted that and what you wanted your body to do, especially in that yoga practice, but really in, in all aspects of our life is um and and your why has to be personal to you right like your why in being doing yoga and wanting to improve in your yoga and flexibility and all of the outcomes of yoga had to be for you and not for somebody else or some other reason I'm guessing right yes and a hard thing for me about yoga culture is at some point in the early 2000s, it went from being this thing that I learned from like hippie boho people in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which totally different style of yoga, one that I actually like, and moving to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and there are all these 20 somethings teaching it. And suddenly it's like an extreme sport. And um, my why was not their why. Their why was like, I can do these fantastical things. And not only that, I can take great pictures of myself while I'm doing it on a rock, on a cliff. And um, that wasn't my why. And so my why has more to do with um, breaking through the fear that I have in a lot of yoga postures. Um, A lot of the one-legged things where you need to use balance, those go right into my um, fear around my knee that is old, old, old fear of mine. And so for me, it's trying to gently encourage myself to stick with it, not press myself, not do it perfectly, but to start challenging the fears I have. And um, I think it's been good for me and internally more than anything else. Yeah, I like, and I think uh, all of those things that we just discussed, appreciation, you know, setting real realistic expectations and really getting clear on why you want your body to do all feed back into that idea of acceptance, right? Like if, if you can get clear on those things, it really helps with the idea of acceptance. Right. And then we, we've mentioned it, we've touched on this, but comparing yourself to others, whether it's your body weight, your height, your hair, your eyes, your skin, your ability to do like extreme yoga is a recipe for not feeling good about yourself. And so it's so important to um, be in your own um, kind of competition with yourself and in like the best sense of that. Like, you know, yesterday I could push to hear and, you know, to today, maybe I'll push a little bit more, but gently and be very kind to myself. It's, but, but when I start to look at someone else, like the best person in the yoga class or the teacher and start thinking I should be like that, I just feel bad. Yeah. Or if you're comparing yourself to your younger self, like things that I could do when I was 25, right? Yeah, don't do that. Do now. Um, yeah. And it is just exercised, you know, it's like everything, like how come that person can, can eat that way and stay slim. And I can't, you know, it's all of the things like, 
how come that person's skin looks so fabulous? And I've been slathering on sunscreen and lotions and trying all the stuff, like all of the ways that you compare yourself to other people can be, um, it can be super hurtful to you, which is the opposite of being helpful. Right, right. It's, yeah, body positivity does not come from compare and despair. (laughs) Or a why on whatever goal you have so that you will be accepted or, you know, something that involves other people. It's really strongest, I think, for people who want to make changes and also feel, you know, practice feeling positive about themselves. It's so vital to stick with just you, stick with you. Yeah. And because ultimately that's how you learn to love this body that you have right now, Mm -hmm. right? That's how you can can appreciate this body that you have right now while you're trying to make it stronger or slimmer or more flexible, you know, whatever your goal is. So I can balance on one foot. (laughs) I can balance on one foot. So um, studies actually show, this is interesting. I think Mimi found this study. Um, Studies show that seeing more body positivity posts on Instagram caused people who added those posts to their feeds to feel more positive about their own body. So that's a better way to, if you're going to compare, start looking for people who look like you and are at your level of something, or maybe just a little ahead, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's the same, like, so think if you take that like body positivity image, I imagine that the same thing happens when you follow older women on Instagram. Absolutely. You know, if your Instagram is full of people that are decades younger than you, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's not, it's not reflective of where you are, but if you started following older women, some of our favorites are Jane Fonda, Judy Dench, Ellen Mirren. I mean, what, what a warrior she is for older women's rights. Um, Jane Goodall. Judy Bloom is having a moment. Yes. <laughs> like so that's like flashback from our youth, but um Yay, Judy. Yeah. I know. Like how strong and vital um she is now. And the message that she started for women decades ago that is still so necessary. It's crazy. Like you yeah. would think that we would be progressing past that, but mm-hmm. you know, young women are still having those same issues that we all had with our bodies and being able to talk about it. It's so good. And Diane Keaton will forever be a, I'll be a fan of hers. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. I love her style. I mean, not her style wouldn't necessarily always work on me because I'm a different height, but I love her sense of style. Love it. Yeah. I love the fun that she has with that. And I love the fun that she has with her social media feeds. So if you're not following her, she really is a joyful person to follow. And there's, there's so many others, you know, if you've got some share them with us, let's, yeah. let's really start spreading the word um, about this, that at any age, you can learn to love your body, love your looks and really appreciate your unique beauty mm-hmm. um, and still really be relevant. Like all of these women are that we just have been talking about. Right. And these women are embracing their age and very graceful way. They're still very youthful looking because I think at heart they are and they're having fun with life, having fun with their wardrobes and their hair and stuff. Um, and, And they probably do, in addition to embracing their age, they probably do go get facials and peels and, you know, things to help them feel 
better about something, you know, and it just, it feels good to take care of yourself that way. So that those are improvements. Like we started this podcast talking about, can you have body positivity, image positivity, and still do some stuff to, you know, nurture yourself and feel young. Yeah. And, and how do you do both, right? How do you do both of those things? and stay sane. Yeah. Cause it's like, you're using different parts of your mind to work on both of those things. Um, I think, you know, there's several things that come to mind. Um, when you're thinking about yourself and you notice maybe that you're thinking about yourself in a negative way, uh, don't make big decisions just then <laughs> that moment, yeah. you know, notice that you're having these negative thoughts where you've gotten away from, you know, the positivity. Um, I think doing change, any changes, and we talked about this, you know, just a few moments ago that, you know, if you're going to make some changes, try to first get yourself in a place of loving yourself and accepting yourself because it'll be better, even if it is a decision for plastic surgery or something like that. Yeah, because um, I, I can, when I reflect back on some of my choices, all of the ones that were most damaging, you know, like the crazy diet I might try or an extreme exercise thing were done from a moment of self-loathing, right? It's like, I'm so frustrated and angry and tired. I'm willing to try anything. And I never make, I never pick wisely, you yeah. know? And I just have to remember that also my body is mine. You know, yes. your body is yours. And so what you need and what works for you is not going to be the same for everyone. I think that goes back to the idea of comparison, right? Like something might work for somebody beautifully and not be the thing that's for you. So it's this idea of embracing you, your body, um, and trying to figure out what, what works for what works for you, but to do it from a place of love, not loathing. Yes. And then there's the kind of flip side of that is there's this sort of political correctness and being correctness with women, like some, some women and good for them. Um, and I, I applaud them and I listen to them. You know, some women are like, you know, don't dye your hair. Don't get a facelift. Don't do all this. Don't buy fashion, you know, and there's all this correctness about how you should be as an aging woman that goes too far to the other side where you feel guilty for getting a darn facial, you know, <laughs> like you're yeah. somehow not being evolved enough. If you decide you want to, you know, get your hair color streaked or something. Yeah. I think it comes down to really making decisions and knowing why you're making that decision. Yeah. You know, are you making that decision um, for you because it'll make you feel better, make you feel stronger, you know, like whatever it is. And like Lee said, like, we're not anti-Botox. We're not anti-plastic surgery. Um, I haven't had any yet, but I might at some point if I think, you know, this will make me feel better about myself. I don't know, you know, but just it's this idea of why are you doing it? Like if, if I felt like I had to um, do something dramatic to my body to get a job or book a gig or anything like that, you know, I would hope that, that I wouldn't do it. And there's a fine line, like it's a gray area because when you are in the public eye, you know, it is, 
I would say it from a business sense, um, it depends on what you're public for, you know, why you're in the public eye, but to present well is different from totally changing your looks or overly focusing on your looks just to be out in the public, you know, so they're different. You can still maybe not wear your rattiest yoga pants on a stage, <laughs> you know, you can, you can polish yourself if, if you want to be in the public eye without totally um, going to the other extreme of just everything's about looks and I have to have everything done. Um, does that distinction, I think, you know, there's some clarifying for that distinction. You can still groom yourself well, you know, whatever your standard is, you know, whatever your style is, uh, you can groom yourself, but um, is it making sense to me what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, kind of, as I, I think there's like an appropriateness, right? Yeah. yeah. You want to say that, um, you know, you want to show up at any situation appropriately, mm -hmm. you know, but I think, I mean, I dye my hair because I'm not ready to see myself with gray hair yet. You know, I'm loving playing with what color my hair is and I'm okay with that. So, you know, I think it's, it's what makes you feel best and appropriate for the situation that you find yourself yes. in. Yeah. So, and there's no one answer for that. It's, it's very individualized. I think, I guess I'm trying to sort out like how, how I want to dissect this out so people get it like like we said we're not anti-botox or dyeing your hair and we do think that we are better off when we do some work around self-acceptance you know even though we'll do things like dye our hair or go get facials or whatever uh, we'll do that stuff but you know we also at the same time want to be working really hard on accepting and loving ourselves as we are yeah, I think a lot of that comes really is like when when I can release worrying about what everyone else thinks. Mm -hmm. So yes. to go back to your, you know, the idea of showing up in yoga pants on stage, there are women that can pull that off confidently. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not to that <laughs> place, right? Like there's a sense that when I feel like I'm dressed appropriately and for what the situation calls for, it gives me a confidence boost. Yeah. So in a way, is it, um, you know, is it, is it me? Like, would I necessarily dress this way and show up on stage in this fashion? You know, I don't, I don't know. It's that those are the types of things that as women, we have to dissect all of the time and not every time are you going to get it a hundred percent. Um, you know, I've heard so many older women that got plastic surgery and they're like, in that moment, I knew exactly why I did it. And looking back, I wish I hadn't had to do that. Like, I wish I had been stronger in who I was and how I felt about myself and could just age naturally. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this whole idea of aging gracefully. We'll have to have a whole nother podcast about that, whole other thing, Yeah, you know, but I think, um, we're not always going to make the right decision. We're not always going to make the call. Like we're just always trying to make the right decision in that moment. So releasing what everybody else thinks and trying to get into touch with yourself and why you're making that decision is, is I think always the right way to go. Right. Yeah. I hope, I hope this is making sense to everyone. 
Um, one, another point that we think is important to talk about is if you have certain body goals, like, or if you're going to get a nip and a tuck or whatever you're doing to manage your own self-confidence and your own authenticity at the same time, you don't need to tell everyone. You're not obligated to tell everyone what you're doing with your own body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because not everybody's going to agree with you. In fact, I had a friend come by, come ask me one time. She goes, Oh, I think I'm, I'm thinking about getting this procedure. What do you think? Do you think I should get it? And I'm like, okay, all I, I don't, I don't care whether you get it or not. You know, like whether I think <laughs> you should get it or not get it is irrelevant. I'm just wondering, since you feel this need to run around and ask everybody if they think you should do it, do you think you should do it? And then I think you just need to sit down and have a serious conversation with yourself because I think like if you feel like you have to go around and tell everybody what you're doing and ask for their approval and get their nod in beforehand so that you don't have to worry afterhand what they thought, you know, that should be a big red flag. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you just are confidently like, you know what, I am going to go get rid of this underarm flap and I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. you, know, yeah. you don't need to ask their permission or to get their judgment on it. Like that's when you know, like, oh yeah, this decision is for me. And you don't even have to tell someone it's really none of their business. You know, like you don't go around asking what, what kind of toothpaste you should use and get everybody's approval and, you know, need to hesitate over that. So it's your own body and you can just do what you need to do for yourself, for your own reasons, as long as you understand why, like Mimi was saying, why are you doing it? Are you coming from a healthy emotional space around this? Yeah, because sadly, we we were all raised to have opinions about how women look yes right like from very early on you know we were taught to comment you know because I don't know about you but I was like you've got to dress up to go to this you know you have to look nice stand up don't slouch button your shirt like all of these things that you know our parents wanted us to do so that we appeared in a certain way and we portrayed our family and ourselves in a certain way so that was happening because we were looking at what everybody else was doing and making sure everyone was falling in line with, you know, how we were supposed to be showing up. So it's, it's hard, you know, this idea of, you know, releasing everyone's opinions and um, because subconsciously we might be doing that same thing. Mm -hmm. I took a little twist, right? It, so I think part of it, that just made just, like flash. I was like, the more you can stop judging other people for appearance, the easier it becomes for Ooh, you. Right. The maybe. more I released, yeah. you know, thinking about somebody, you know, their body, their clothes, you know, like their hair, their skin, like the easier it became for me to release that judgment on myself. Wow. I love that Mimi so much. Yeah. I mean, it's, equally important to mind our thoughts. What are we thinking about other people and catch those negative opinions too, because you're turning that same um, judgment on yourself. Sometimes invisibly, you don't realize you're doing it, but being um, gentle and kind in your own mind about how other people appear and what they're going through, because we live in a world that's very either or. It's, you know, you're good or you're bad. You're right or you're wrong. You're pretty or you're ugly. Oh my gosh. What magazine was it that had the do's and the don'ts and they put the big blocks? It's terrible. Yeah. Square across somebody's face. And it was like, do dress like this. Don't dress like that. Do 
And I was just like, wow. I know. Hard. I all about that. I hope that's not still out there. I don't know what magazine. It that probably was. is. It probably is. But I, I just never felt comfortable with that. Like the poor person, if they opened that magazine and saw themselves, you know, that would be devastating they don't even business, what they're doing with their clothes. Yeah. And it's, um, it's like, I, it's, what's it called? Like spot it, got it. Yes. Like mm-hmm. the things that you're noticing about other people and that's resonating with you are probably the things that you're worried about yourself having. Yes. Right. Yes. If you look at somebody and you think just to stick with the underarm, the arm things like, oh my gosh, that poor woman, her arms are so flabby. She should probably have on a longer sleeve shirt. Yeah. It's probably because that's how you think about yourself. Exactly. I know I can catch myself in that same trap. Yeah. So in this either or world, and we kind of started with the theme of can you learn to love yourself as you are and make changes is a point we're trying to make that you can do both, you know, and it's okay to do both. Um, We don't have to live in this either or world. I think that the more we can train ourselves in all aspects of life to not flip from one side to the other, because the good stuff is in the messy middle and the path to sanity and peace is to learn to allow yourself to hold two seemingly opposing thoughts at the same time. And we can do that. We can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you absolutely can want to make changes here and there to your body, your skin, your hair, whatever it is, and heal your relationship with your body at the same time. I mean, it does take practice and it does take forgiveness when you stumble. You know, we're all a work in progress and moving towards this goal. But if you give yourself permission to love this body just as it is now, while you're working to strengthen it, thin it, you know, I wish we could lengthen it. That's why I don't don't have that technology yet, you know, but whatever it is that you, that you wish, like you can love every bit of it right now through appreciation and those things that we were talking about before. Amen. Amen. You can do it. Um, So we're glad you were here. And uh, we'll see you in the next podcast. Bye. Hey there. Thank you so much for listening. In fact, if this resonated with you and you know someone else who needs to hear this, please share our episodes. We would just love that. We also would love it if you would follow, subscribe, and rate our channel because this lets us know you're actually there and it helps us show up in searches, which would be awesome. Please be a part of our community and mission to help as many women as possible free themselves from diet culture so that they can go beyond dieting.